my friends, and thank you for tuning in to Weird Mythic Podcast. It is I, your host, Naomi. I hope you've all been having a great week. I know I've had a really good day, so I'm a little bit hyper. (laughs) But I do hope everybody has had a good week and had a good last weekend. I know I had a good weekend because it was my birthday, and it was cool. I went over to my friend Christina's house on Saturday, went out to dinner with her and my brother and uh, my nephew and my niece, had some hella good food, went over to Calusa. Um, If nobody's ever been out to Calusa, there's not a lot of restaurants out there, but one of the really good ones is called Rocco's. Just You just got to get the bread, man. Just go out there and get the bread and they have a really good bartender. I don't know what type of ginger beer they were putting in those Jameson and gingers, but damn, was it good. <laughs> we legit just ordered a whole bunch of appetizers and really just went for the bread. It was so bomb. And my brother was able to get a turkey. It was opening season for turkey, for spring turkey. So we were able to have turkey the next day for barbecue. Just, just so good. <laughs> I am actually trying to get out two episodes this week. So I'll let you know if that actually happens or you might just notice yourself. (laughs) Well, I did want to kind of give a few updates. I was keeping track of what was going on with the David Miscavige trial since he was served paperwork for the human trafficking lawsuit. And as of, you know, February 28th, Apparently, Mr. Miscavige did say he was legally served. The Church of Scientology's attorney, however, William Schiffelnofield, objected earlier this month, claiming that his client does not do business in Florida, which does not make any fucking sense to me since they have locations all over. And please, someone tell me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that the Sea Org is based out of Florida. So as I kept on reading, the attorney's argument was that Miscavige does not benefit from the Sea Org or Scientology organizations from Florida, which, like I said, doesn't make a lick of fucking sense to me. Whatever, man, they just need to arrest him and put him on trial or just put him in prison with the others in that cult who helped with human trafficking. So no real update there since he's still like evading everything. But there's something going on. I don't know. They're just going to try to get him away, like get off with it. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck that dude. (laughs) Oh, I'm fine with religion. It's just when there's more of a cult aspect to it and people aren't allowed to think for themselves or have their own, let their body be their own. There's an issue there. Also been keeping track of what's been going on with the Lori Vallow case. And jury selection has already started, so that's awesome. Lori and Chad are still pleading not guilty to the murder of Lori's 7-year-old son and 16-year-old daughter. Not only are they being charged with the murder, but they're also being charged with conspiracy to commit murder. So it makes me a little worried because I don't want them to get away with murder. Whatever will put them away for the longest and will be a for sure conviction is what I think the lawyers need to go for. But anyways, April 3rd is the set date for the trial to begin. It is believed that Lori also had part in the death of Chad Daybell's ex-wife, Tammy. And in my opinion, 
They, like I said, they need to focus on Lori and the murder of her children, not trying to bring too much in because as we've seen in other murder cases, people getting away with murder because they aren't pressing the correct charges. So, all right, we're still, still no real updates there, but man, I cannot wait for that trial. Man, it's so freaking crazy. Yeah. Also, Madeline McCann, that Julia Wendell, her last name is also Faustina. Anyways, Julia still claims to be Madeline McCann. She was on Dr. Phil, apparently. She hired a private investigator or this private investigator found her to help her out. I'm not sure exactly who reached out to who, unfortunately. Uh, She also has help from a lawyer to obtain her own medical records. They're still waiting on DNA results. Julia's personal investigator claims to have gone to three different hospitals to get Julia's birth certificate and could not find one. Julia's family is claiming that Julia took all the documents from the family's home and that is why they cannot provide them themselves. And according to Julia, her health report has years missing, which apparently I think she's from Poland. I might be wrong. I should have wrote it down. My bad. But apparently children have like a health record. So you can go and make sure that they had all probably all their vaccines and make sure that they've been healthy to go to school, I'm guessing. But she can't get the entire health report either, which is odd. But ah, man, I still I don't know. The, the Really, the family is just really worried that the private investigator and lawyers making things worse for Julia. I, I'm still honestly, I'm still on the fence. After watching her on Dr. Phil, I didn't watch the whole episode, but I was watching clips. Uh, She kind of, some of the older photos of her when Julia was a kid, she kind of looks like Madeline McCann, but I don't know. I'm leaning towards, I don't think she is. I think this woman might just need some help. But then again, if they actually are doing a DNA test, that's what I'm waiting on because that's the only way we're going to know. So there's my real true crime updates there. Oh, I also, oh guys, I watched one of the coolest movies. It came out like a year ago, I think. Movie Wreck. (laughs) Uh, This movie recommendation, the movie is called Lullaby. It's a modern Jewish folklore on Lilith. I I totally like just I was so enthralled with it. I don't know much about Judaism, and this movie right here really wants me to get into the more spiritual side of it. So I'm hoping they kind of make a second movie also, but I think I'm going to start learning some more about Judaism. So interesting. I really know nothing about it, so I need to do my own research there. (laughs) In this movie, uh, it does have that chick from Game of Thrones, the one who married Rob Stark. She is the main person, and I almost didn't even recognize her without being in full Game of Thrones gear. But yeah, go check out Lullaby. Hella good movie. I think I watched it on Netflix. And got another podcast recommendation for you guys. Please go listen to Santa May Be a Criminal. My friend Jason is the one who puts it on. Uh, Me and Serena met him at the True Crime Festival. Just freaking great guy and the show guys it's a parody on if santa committed a crime it's a podcast that poses the possibility that santa may be a criminal obviously there's so much going on so many characters you get to meet the easter bunny Uh, i i just can't (laughs) like there's a lot going on 
so funny. Cracks me up. I am, I'll admit, like two episodes behind. But guys, go check out Santa May Be a Criminal. It's great. It's satire. It's a lot of fun. If you don't remember, Jason was on a couple of our episodes that uh, he collaborated with us. We talked about lake monsters and about Krampus. So you guys already know his voice. So go check him out. I will post the link to his website in the show notes also. So go check out Santa, maybe a criminal. Let's get started into the episode today, shall we? (laughs) So UFOs, second episode on UFOs. I will be talking about the battle over Los Angeles, aka the great Los Angeles air raid. So two things to keep in mind. This battle or air raid over L.A. happened three months after the attack on Pearl Harbor. And it happened one day after the Japanese attacked a coastal area in Santa Barbara. The U.S. military was already on high alert. On the night of February 24th, 1942, the Office of Naval Intelligence issued a warning to the L.A. County that there might be an attack on the mainland in California. The Navy noticed something odd on radar and sent out a warning for a possible attack. The warning went out around 7:18, but was lifted by about 10:30 on February 24th. 2 a.m. February 25th, 1942, military radar picked up on what looked like to be an enemy airplane about 120 miles off the west coast of LA. By 2:25 on February 25th. Air raid sirens were going off all over L.A. County. 3 a.m., February 25th, 1942. This object, thought to be an enemy aircraft and possibly multiple aircrafts from the size of it on the radar, was now considered an unidentified object. At this point, the object was moving above Santa Monica, and by 3.16 a.m., the 37th Coastal Artillery Brigade started to fire anti-aircraft shells into this object, along with other coastal defenses, just shooting above the skies of L.A. at an object. As I said, they could not identify what this object was that the military was firing at. Firing continued through 4.14 a.m. Over an hour, they were firing at this object. Once daylight came, a little after 7 a.m., There is absolutely no evidence of enemy planes or any type of enemy anything after this air raid. Thousands of military and civilians together believe they saw something in the sky on the night of February 25th, 1942. I mean, everyone woke up from the air raid sirens in L.A. and witnessed an anti-aircraft shells going towards this object, but not seeming to hit it. They noticed this object in the sky moving from Santa Barbara south to L.A., then leaving to the west away from the coast. All of this was also seen on radar. And all in all, 1,433 shells were fired that night. So what happened after? (laughs) Can you imagine waking up at 2 a.m. to the sound of air raid sirens going off? Unfortunately, this does happen around the world to this day. But in this instance, L.A. County also put a citywide blackout, and then they set off the air raid sirens. 
Civilians are going to be so confused and start to panic, right? Don't forget this is also L.A. People are still up and driving at about 2 a.m. Although the county put that blackout in place, people still turned on their lights in their house and their porches. And it's not like everyone was listening to the radio announcement at 2 a.m. anyways. They were they're either driving, out doing something, or asleep. But of course, confusion and panic did set in for the civilians. And unfortunately, because of that, there were actually five casualties during that hour of shooting. Three of the deaths were caused by car accidents because of the shooting and air ride sirens. Also, there were spotlights everywhere, so I'm sure there was a lot of distracted drivers at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. also hearing those gun shells going off as you're driving and they're going right above you. There was also two deaths by heart attack due to the sudden stress and all the chaos. There was a radio personality who ran when that person heard the sirens go off and just ran into something and caused a big injury over his eye. There was a cop who panicked and kicked out a window, cut up his leg pretty badly. This dude just panicked and said, I got to get out of this like window or door or bedroom, wherever he was, just had to get the hell out. One of the air raid guys fell and broke his leg trying to get to his post. Another jumped a three-foot fence to get to his post and sprayed an ankle. And another fell down his own front steps and broke an arm. People panicked the fuck out. There was some structural damage. I couldn't find if there was a lot, lot or how bad the damage really was. Anti-aircraft shells that exploded when they hit the ground. Since many did not explode on impact when they hit the object, if they hit the object at all, the shells would then come back down to us here on Earth and explode when they hit the ground. Garages, patios, cars, all were hit causing damage. I'm sure houses were hit too, but I really couldn't find anything on record for that. But of course stuff was getting hit. If the Shells aren't exploding when they might have hit this object. They're going to have to explode when they come back down. What did the government have to say about all this, right? What is going on here? The Army claimed that numerous weather balloons had been released over the area that night. They carried lights for tracking purposes, and these lighted balloons were mistaken for an enemy aircraft. Along with all the fire from the shells bursting, that were also illuminated by the searchlights were also mistaken on the by those on the ground as an enemy aircraft. So pretty much, guys, all of these lights ex and exploding shells were mistaken to be an aircraft by us here on the ground? Question mark. Army, does any of that make sense? I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. There were also authorities who claimed that a Japanese airplane crash and landed in the streets of Hollywood. That didn't happen. Secretary of War Henry Stimson stated that 15 planes were above the city that night. And he believed that even though they were commercial flights, that they were actually being operated by the enemy. But he took this statement back a few days after releasing that to public. <laughs> The Navy's Frank Knox believes that the firefight was just nerves from the servicemen, which is never a good statement. 
And to top it all off, guys, the fucking L.A. sheriff helped the fucking FBI accuse a, and gather a group of Japanese gardeners stating that they were signaling a plane to come into L.A. At night, by the way. I want to know what made them gather up these men. I, I just like that really is really, really? Uh, anyways, <laughs> there is also a report that came from the Office of Air Force History. This was reported in 1983 that the events over L.A. on February 25th, 1942 were only overreactions to meteorological balloons. Yeah, uh, 1,400 rounds later. Are you serious? An hour of shooting and they mistook balloons, weather balloons. No, nah, uh, I, I don't know about that. After World War II, the Japanese did respond. They responded with saying that they hadn't flown any planes over L.A. that night or even just that date in general. So what happened in L.A.? February 25th, 1942. I'm going to post two different links. Well, I'm going to post a few links, but I'll, I'll, you know, have these ones stand out for everyone. (laughs) I got two links that are of the original radio broadcast of what happened that night. And I love old radio broadcasts. You can hear exactly how stories were told from the public's view. Please listen. And it gives such a good timeline It's less than five minutes. It's really awesome. What's really cool about that broadcast is the announcer legit says the word ship. He says object a few times in the beginning, but by the end of the broadcast, he legit says ship. I think he might say unidentified, but he called it a ship. So I don't know. Uh, I love the photos from this. They, they're just great. And I was actually able to find an article that somebody was able to get the original prints and do like a comparison on these prints pretty much. <laughs> so let me go to that because, of course, I was on the wrong page. Okay, I found it. So there's an article from the L.A. Times by a Scott Harrison, and this came out February 23rd, 2017. Scott compared the photos taken from that night. The original published one in the L.A. Times, it is a retouched version, but he compared that and other images together. In 2011, Scott viewed two negatives, the non-retouched negative and a copy negative from the retouched print. That might be confusing, but I'm going to try, okay? So the non-retouched print looked very flat and very underexposed. Scott could not tell if the negative was the original or a copy of a negative since it's a print, but to him, it looked to be an original scene before the retouched version was originally published. The copy of the negative from the retouched print. This had a whole lot of white spots around the searchlights, and those actually looked the same in both of the negatives. The lights, however, on the retouched print were widened with white paint. 
apparently it was very normal for negatives to be painted on back in the 40s. According to Scott, those non-retouched, even though they look very underexposed, looks to be more of an original than what was actually posted in the LA Times in 1942. Because, of course, they're going to want it to seem huge and extravagant in the newspaper, right? L.A., 1942, World War II just started and everybody is on high alert. But this object didn't send any firing back. They didn't, like, start shooting back at us here in L.A., But all of the military and everyone on the ground was shooting at it. And there was a lot of witnesses who were saying it looked like that shells hit around it, but didn't hit the object itself. And a lot of, like I said, a lot of the shells came back down to the ground and hit other things and exploded. They also saw this giant object move south through L.A. and then west off of the coast. It's on radar and people physically saw this giant object and still have no idea what it is. I went through the, infer- the you know, information act thing trying to see if I could find anything on this. But it's really one of those things where they're like, well, we're not really going to give you a right answer. There's a lot of things out there saying that it was mistaken to be weather balloons or they're just saying that all the military men had nerves. You don't shoot at something for over an hour over just nerves and balloons. Just don't believe it. I will be posting pictures of this. It is one of my all-time favorite stories on UFOs, especially when it comes to government and especially the U.S. government. Please check them out. Please let me know what you think of the battle over Los Angeles or the L.A. uh, raid, air raid, sire, whatever it was. Battle over LA, February 25th, 1942. Please let me know what you think. If you have any extra information, please send it my way. Send it over to weirdmythicpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our YouTube at Weird Mythic Podcast, Weird Mythic Podcast on Twitter, and of course, where I'm always at, Weird Mythic Podcast on Instagram which also has a link tree to our website and our merch store. If you have been sending in any emails and I have not been getting them because I don't get emails, make sure that it is at weirdmythicpodcast at gmail.com because if you're just sending it to weirdmythic at gmail, it won't come to me. (laughs) All right, guys, I hope you're enjoying these UFO episodes. I got a lot more coming out. I'm going to try to get a second one out this weekend. So Guys, just let me know what you think of the battle over L.A. Bye.